Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching on SWX Montana Television or on the new ESPN Montana app. A little trombone shorty for you coming back from the break. Had a great night out there at the Kettle House Amphitheater on Friday night. What a beautiful venue it is and what a party it was. Missoula showed out in full force. It was a very Missoula-esque event. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So a height of concert season, one of the best parts about living here in the Garden City. We will continue our conversation about the ever-shifting landscape of college football and how it's going to affect the Cats, the Grizzlies, and I actually think every single level of football across the board in a little while. But first, we got to do a little bit of a, a community, a statewide, and a nationwide segment here. We have Sergeant Nicholson, Sergeant Trop here in studio with us. They are recruiters for the United States Army. Their office just right down the street from us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company right there on North Reserve. And if you listen to this show consistently, you hear me talk about this a lot. I think that football specifically, but sports in general, I think as a society, I think think this is why this college football realignment has really got me all flustered. We have started to think about sports from only a win-loss and a revenue generation perspective rather than all of the best things you can gain from sports. And, you know, I don't have kids, but I have nephews and a lot of my friends have kids and you know I was shooting hoops with one of my buddies nine-year-old daughters over the weekend I asked her I said do you know the most important thing about sports and she said to win I said no that's that's one of the most important things but the most important thing about sports is actually to learn how to lose and I think we're losing what is most important about sports and that is learning all the great lessons that come from dedication hard work building confidence leadership working as a team all that stuff and there's so many parallels with that, to the United States military, to the United States Army. So I'm happy to have these guys here because I've said multiple times on this show, I think one of the last great true proving grounds for young men in America is college football. What's one of the other ones? Jordan, the military. So thanks for being here, guys. This is fun and uh, a, a lot of great stuff to talk about. Thanks for having us. Well, first and foremost, just tell people a little bit about your guys' military history. I mean, how, how did we'll start with you, Jeremy? Uh, both these guys, sergeants, by the way. I think I introduced them as that, but worth saying that again because the rank is important, and these guys have dedicated a lot of their lives uh, to serving our country. So, Jeremy, just tell people sort of your military story, maybe how it's benefited you. Sure. So, um, you know, I joined in uh, 2008. Um, I played sports in high school, but I was kind of more an extreme sports guy growing up in Utah, skiing, snowboarding. That's what I did before I joined. I ran a, uh, you know, a chair lift up at Snowbird. And it was a great job. It just wasn't really a career, so I felt like my wheels were kind of spinning. And I uh, talked to an Army recruiter one day at the kind of the nudging of a friend of mine. Um, he promised me, you know, the job that I wanted to do. He promised me a career. Uh, he promised me, you know, kind of the camaraderie I missed from when I played sports in high school. And I jumped on it. I've done it for 14 years now. It's been the best decision I've ever made. It's a great career. I take care of myself, my family. I love it. And how about you, Sergeant Nicholson? When did you first... Uh Join the military. How has it impacted you? Uh, yeah, same thing. So I joined the Army in the summer of 2008 as well. Um, as far as sports in high school, I'm a, I'm a wrestler by trade. So okay. 
Yeah, I wrestled my my whole uh, middle school, high school career, uh, freestyle, folk style, Greco-Roman. So I was always busy, always on the mat. Uh, and to be honest, you know, that was my number one concern with school was is sports for the for the reasons that you mentioned before. It's not always about winning, but it's about the brotherhood and the camaraderie, taking care of each other, looking out for each other. Uh, so I've been in the Army for 14 years. Um, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. And uh, it, had it not been for an Army recruiter coming into my life and telling me his story and how, you know, I'd have the opportunity to serve and take care of my family, you know, God only knows where I would be, so... The uh, there's on social media the last couple of days. There's a great video going around made by Kara Lawson, who's an all-time great uh, women's basketball player, who's now the head coach at Duke, and she talks about how we've been sold this bill of goods in America that if we just get through this, whatever it is, this is you're doing, life's going to get easier, and it's not. It's never going to get easier. It's just about getting better at handling the hard. And she says you just have to be able to handle the hard. And I've I've heard this from people talking about the military a lot. Well, you know, I, I would love the opportunity that it gave me, but it's too hard. I wouldn't want to do all the basic training. But that's the whole point, right, is learning how to handle the hard. And I'm sure both of you would agree, probably one of the most impactful things that probably happened to you was going through basic training and getting that di- discipline. So, Sergeant Trapp, just tell people about that, just sort of the challenge, that it's not just it's not just the challenge that you're accepting in the moment. It actually sets the stage for so much personal growth, no matter which way you choose to take your uh your military gig, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, basic training, you know, for a lot of these young men and women, it, it will probably be the hardest thing they've done up until that point in their life. And you are going to have adversity going through that. But the great thing about the Army is not only is it going to put you through that adversity to make you a better person, it's going to give you the tools to adapt and overcome that adversity. It's not expecting you to already know how to do that. Sure, it will help right. You. It, it's so interesting. I mean, uh, same question for you, Sergeant Nicholson. I mean, the the challenges they can resonate beyond just the completion of the actual task, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said earlier, I think so. We're just in this, you know, life that, you know, so so many things are so easy sometimes that people are only expecting life to be a life without challenge. For sure. Um, and I don't want a life without challenge. So Absolutely. That, that was a that was a big reason for me with the military is I know that every day I come to work, you know, I'm going to have to be resilient. I'm going to have to overcome things. I'm going to have to overcome obstacles. I don't want a life where everything's just given to me. I have a s- silver spoon in my mouth. I want to know that when I come to work every day that I'm putting my best foot forward. So, A couple recruiters from the United States Army in studio, Sergeant Nicholson, Sergeant Trope here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio. It's part of our Montana Football Hour, our continuation of the realignment of college football. We had five days off and the whole college football world changed. We'll get back into that conversation here in a little while. But, uh, Sergeant Trapp, just tell people just the who, what, when, where, why. Like, how can they come see you? If there's somebody out there listening that's thinking, wow, this actually does sound like a great challenge for me, how can they get involved with you guys? How can they find you guys? Yeah, so a couple ways. The uh, best one is just stop by our office on North Reserve. Uh, you can Google us pretty easily. Uh, our phone number is 406-728-5024. Uh, or just go to GoArmy.com and click the Reach Out to a Recruiter button. I, I see you have some notes here, and I, I'm, I'm eavesdropping, but I'm seeing Pat Tillman written on there. Uh, Where Men Win Glory which is a great book that I read once upon a time, but there's so much that has gone into Pat Tillman, both the uh, the remembrance of him as, as a great hero, uh, but also some of the, the other things that have gone into it as well. But, I mean, just tell people about that angle because he sort of – well, he, he's sort of the poster boy for encompassing the way that athletics and the armed forces kind of go hand in hand. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, I did my research. You know, I tried to look up some veterans that, um, you know, maybe had their service shaped by a career in sports. And Pat Tillman, Alejandro, and Villanueva played for the Steelers for a little bit. It was another veteran. Um, I will say one of the things we talk about with these young men is that are looking for something after sports and they're looking for that camaraderie that they might be missing. Um, that's what you're going to get with military service. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why Pat Tillman did make that decision in the first place to go enlist after having a successful football career. Do you see Sergeant Nicholson, do you see the distinct parallels between it? And and if, if so, I I guess if there's a high school athlete out there, that's not really sure what they want to do, what sort of skills 
can they take that they've learned in athletics that they can apply here? And why do you think this is a good opportunity for people, maybe if they are a little uncertain on what they're going to do uh, after their high school lives end? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. And, and you know, I've, I've been recruiting for, you know, six years. And I didn't realize before I started recruiting sort of the mindset of, say, a high school athlete. Sure. You know, last thing I remember was when I was a high school athlete. Right. Um, but I think a good reason for someone to consider the military, especially athletes, but not just athletes, is that they don't know what they want to do. For sure. You know, everyone thinks that at 17, 18, 19, we're supposed to have it all figured out. We're supposed to have college lined up, a career lined up, everything's supposed to be just written out and it's going to go that way when anybody who's lived for more than a day knows that your plan doesn't always work out the way you thought it would, especially if you don't take steps to make it happen. So the military is a really good place to come prove yourself, find out what it is you're actually interested in, put yourself out there, expose yourself to different jobs, different people, different places in the world, leave your hometown and go find out who you are. And I always talk about this with with a variety of different guys because specifically football. Football is is such a challenging sport, but it also brings you such a close group of of comrades, such a close group of, 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 it's a brotherhood, no matter what level of football you play at. And I see so many guys have a hard time when their football career ends, no matter when it ends, whether it's on your senior night for high school football or when you, you know, you get done playing college, you don't make it to the NFL or when you retire from the NFL, it's always hard because it's so hard to replace that group. And this is sort of a different parallel to the military too, right, Jeremy? I mean, the fact is you are going to acquire a new brotherhood when you join the United States Army. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so before I was a recruiter, I was in the infantry. And, you know, all the time we get people asking us, well, what is the day-to-day life of a soldier like, especially, you know, an infantryman? Um, I tell people it's almost exactly like being on a football team. You come to work Monday through Friday and you practice. You train, you train, you train. And then when deployment comes, if it comes, that's your game time. And, yeah, practice sucks sometimes. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you just don't want to be there. But when game time comes around, when that deployment comes around, it's all worth it. And that's what this job's all about. Go see these guys. Give them the address one more time, Jeremy. So we're at 2401 North Reserve Street, right next to Sportsman's Warehouse. Uh, call us at 406-728-5024 or at goingarmy.com. A lot of great opportunities for you. Sergeant Nicholson, Sergeant Trop from the United States Army in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, guys. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. The Montana Football Hour rolls on. How about... Some recruiting updates from inside the state of Montana and also the who, what, when, where, why, and the pros and cons of what all of this means for the Montana schools. We'll get into that throughout the next hour and 15 or so. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you know me, you know I like to spend my time doing something to, you know, either challenge myself, compete, better myself, something like that, you know. I'm not a big relaxer, but I do like when I do watch television or any sort of screen time, I do like to try to get educated at least a little bit. And a big documentary guy, if you've been following along, you know that. But I I, I found when I was little, I found... (laughs) A great obsession 
for professional wrestling. And now as I grow older, now in my mid-30s, I am starting to realize how much of an impact in a lot of ways it's had on my personal psychology, but also why I was so fascinated with professional wrestling when I was a kid in the late 80s and early 1990s, mid-1990s. And I would say I was, I was probably a big wrestling fan all the way until the late 90s. And that was a little Stone Cold Steve Austin intro music for you because I got a new obsession. I don't really like getting obsessed with watching TV. And, you know, one of the main conversation points in social circles these days, what shows are you watching? Seems like a lot of boyfriend-girlfriend and a lot of married couples, and, you know, they pick a show and they watch it. That's all good. Whatever way you like to wind down, that's all good. It's just not for me. I, I just prefer if I'm going to sit and watch, I want to learn. And there is some education. There is some great writing in, in modern TV and, and Netflix and all that. But I, uh, I really enjoy documentaries, biographies. A&E has always produced great bio series, and now they have a... It's not actually new. It's been out for a little while, but I just stumbled upon it myself. I just found out that there's an A&E app. It's all about the WWE superstars. And I have so many thoughts. I'm actually going to do a full segment about this later on this week, but let's just say this. There's eight episodes in the first season. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Macho Man Randy Savage... Booker T, most famously of Harlem Heat, the great tag team. Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Mick Foley, who had many different uh, personas. The Undertaker, Cactus Jack, and then Mankind. Not The Undertaker, excuse me. Uh, some, uh, uh, somebody that was like that. Cactus Jack and then, and then Mankind, who was very much Undertaker-esque. And then Brett the Hitman Hart. So I've watched most of these now. And uh, I got to say, I'm just transfixed and obsessed by them. There, there's... There's conversations to be had from the performance of these guys, the persona building, the character building, the writing, the phenomenon that it was for a moment in time. Also, though, there's a commentary on America there as well. Why were we transfixed by professional wrestling as a people, as a culture, and why is it not as popular anymore? I think that there's a lot that goes into it from maybe not as good of characters, but also our collective sense of doubt uh, we don't necessarily imagine or believe in things like we used to. And I think that part of that is getting smarter and more educated. And part of that is just getting more cynical. So as with everything, as with all of our talking points around here, pluses and minuses to be sure. So some WWE conversations <laughs> coming up. I don't know if that's a, a selling point or not. But let's continue with the Montana Football Hour. And we have a little Wing It Wednesday. Usually the Montana Football Hour is here during the first hour of every Monday show, but we were off Monday, Tuesday, so we're doing a little catch-up. But we also still got it rolling Wing It Wednesday. Dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Keep those texts and calls coming. What did you do over the 4th of July weekend? 406-888-1029. Any and all engagement is going to get you entered, and we will select a winner here uh, at the, at the top of the next hour. But keep the calls coming, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. What did you do over the 4th of July weekend? Enter to win a basket of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. The Desperado, the best wings in the city of Missoula, located there across from the YMCA on Russell Street. Go check out the Despo. Great place to watch baseball. Sports Bet Montana machine so you can bet on some baseball and any other sport. Great place to have some beer and some wings. Thanks so much to the Desperado for their continued support. And always tune in to Nuanas now each Wednesday for your opportunity to win wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. A couple recruiting notes, and we'll hash these out later on in the week and probably into next week as well. But three new Montana Grizzlies announced over the last couple days. Actually, not really officially announced by the school yet, but out in the ether, in the world of the sea of information that we live in. And then one in-state commit that's going to the Montana State Bobcats. So here's where we're at when it comes to recruiting. And again, uh, these transfers to the Grizz football team is uh, have not officially been announced by the school, but uh, they have been announced on the personal Twitter accounts of these guys. Nico Ramos, who was a kicker who spent time at Princeton and Cal, his Twitter account currently says that he's part of the Montana football team. Looking for further confirmation uh, on that. And Wyatt Wegener, who is a walk-on linebacker at Iowa, spent two seasons with the Hawkeyes, comes to Montana with four years of eligibility left. 
He has also transferred to Montana. He announced it. Nico Ramos does not have an announcement tweet. His profile on Twitter says Montana football, and then it says he previously was at Cal and Princeton. Wyatt Wagner, he announced, I'm late in announcing this, but I've committed to the University of Montana. He tweeted that on July 3rd, so that would have been on Sunday. So a couple new FBS drop-downs for the uh, Grizz football team. They also got a commitment from Brian Ayat's son. Uh, crazy that Brian Ayat has a son of this age, but it makes sense. Brian Ayat was a great quarterback for the Montana Grizzlies. The unenviable task of taking over for Dave Dickinson, but he lit it up his first year as a starter in 96, threw for a whole bunch of yards, led Montana to an undefeated season all the way to the national championship game again where they lost to Marshall. But his son, Keely Ayat, has committed to the Montana Grizzlies, and he's the first commit for the class of 2023. So he'll sign next uh, February or maybe in December, depending on if he chooses the early or late signing period, and depending on if his commitment holds. But I imagine a legacy guy like that coming from Hawaii uh, probably wanted to be a Grizz for a long time. So um, Keely Ayat, the first commitment to the Grizz football team for the class of 2023. And then the first commitment for Montana State comes from in-state. Talon Marsh, who's a defensive lineman from Helena Capital. He was one of the top pass rushers in the state this last year. First team All-State accolades for the Bruins as a junior. Led class AA with 17 sacks. He is the first in-state commit and the first commit overall for the class of 2023 for Montana State. So there you go. Montana Football Hour presented by the Advocates. If you or a loved one has been injured in an accident, call 406 640 4444 and talk to the advocates today. The advocates will handle paperwork and frustrating phone calls with the insurance companies for you so you can focus on helping your loved one heal and recover peacefully. Chat with the advocates today at MontanaAdvocates.com. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. You already know what we're talking about. The topsy turvy, never ending, always changing college football landscape, conference realignment, all the way into hyperdrive. What does it mean for the Bobcats and the Grizzlies and the rest of the Big Sky Conference? We'll do our best to tell you. Keep it right here. No one is now. ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. I know so many of you out there are Young and hip, or just hip. Age ain't nothing but number anyways. And uh, it's so funny and fascinating the way that people find out about music these days. New music. Some of you, you know, are just scanning and searching and and trying to find the new tunes. Some of you just follow the algorithms on the the websites, the, the streaming platforms. I still love the phenomenon of finding new music on the radio. And one of the best places to find new music on the radio, the Trail 103.3 FM. That's a new Spoon song. They've been playing that one over there on the trail. It's called Wild. I love it. It's what I've been rocking out to all weekend. So appreciate you indulging me and letting me share my music taste. Welcome back. Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're watching or listening on the new ESPN Montana app. Go get the new app in your life. Great way to listen, stream, follow along this show. Live, archived, Grizz Hockey, Grizz Lacrosse, is Now. Convenient and uh, a great spot for you. So go check that out. You can also always stream the show online. Station website, 1029ESPN.com. Keep the texts and calls coming. A couple minutes, we're going to pick a winner. But what did you do for 4th of July? 406-888-1029. Or what do you think of this new and ever-transforming landscape of college football? 
888 Any and all inquiries will get you entered in to win a dozen wings from Desperado Sports Tavern and, and Grill. Our producer, Andrew Houghton, will be the guy making the decision. So keep it coming, 406 Time now for our ESPN Roundtable. We do this each Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour. This is like a meshing of Monday and Wednesday's shows today. That's why it's kind of off kilter, but also, you know, just getting it all in, making sure everybody gets their value and uh, getting caught up. So ESPN Roundtable, usually during the 5 o'clock hour here on Nuanas now. And uh, this week, the guest is nobody. It's me. We're just going to talk all about the pros and cons of this transforming landscape in college football. So here's what we know. Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the SEC. The Big 12 looked like they were going to be moving toward life support or maybe get a bunch of their teams poached by the Pac-12. But instead, now USC and UCLA are on their way to the Big 10. Now the Big 12 is on the hunt. They are after Utah Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State, and then potentially Washington and Oregon. The Big Ten is also at, uh, pursuing Washington and Oregon, which then means you're going to have Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford likely on the outside looking in. Now, what does this mean for football in the West? Because as we know, Division One football in the West has three premier conferences. The Pac-12 at the FBS Power 5 level, the Mountain West at the non-Power 5 FBS level, and the Big Sky Conference. The WAC is trying to bring football back, but what is that validity, especially with Sam Houston State basically leaving the Southland to go to the WAC and then all of a sudden skipping up to the FBS, then the WAC might become an uh, FBS conference. There's a lot of stuff going on at the middle to low level of Division I football. But I do think... We are entering a world in which we're going to have a redistribution and a realignment of schools out west. I firmly believe that, well, we already know USC and UCLA are gone, right? I firmly believe that Oregon and Washington are going to be in the Big Ten or the SEC, one of the two, period. Because this is basically directly and almost exclusively related to the revenue that your football programs produce. So here is the top 25 revenue producers right now in college football, in order. Tied for first, Texas A&M and Texas, $147 million generated last year each. Number three is Michigan at $139 million. Number four is Alabama, $134 million in generated revenue. Number five, Ohio State at 132. Oklahoma at 129 million. Georgia at 125. Notre Dame comes in at eighth, 120 million. They are going to be one of the next big pawns. Do they join a league? Which league do they join? They join the ACC in all sports but football. Will they leave the ACC? What does that do to the rest of the ACC? And where do they land? Is it the SEC? Is it the Big Ten? That's going to be really interesting to see. Ninth highest in revenue generation. Florida and Auburn tied at $117 million. LSU is at $114, Tennessee at $113, and Penn State at $104. So you have 13 football programs generating $100 million or more. Oregon and Florida State each produce $96 million. They're tied for 14th. South Carolina is in there at $95 million, as is Arkansas. And here's why the schools that are leaving are leaving. USC $93 million in revenue generation. Washington, $92 million in revenue generation. Nebraska, $91 million. Iowa, $91 million. Michigan State, $87 million. Wisconsin, 23rd at $86 million. Old Miss, 24th at $84 million. And Clemson, 25th at $77 million. What did you notice about all the teams I just mentioned? Well, they're all in the SEC or the Big Ten, except for Notre Dame, which is going to be. USC, which is going to be. Oregon, which is going to be in one of those two, I almost guarantee it. And Clemson, which has to be, almost certainly is going to be. So I think that the the Pac-12, as we know it, is over. So then, do they try to remake their conference with a combination of Mountain West schools or... 
Do we have two conferences? What's the future for football in the West? So I was brainstorming, and I think, again, I think that those schools are on their way out the door. I do think that there's big questions to answer for these football programs that aren't going to be recruited by one of the bigger conferences. And and I do think there's a hard maybe for Stanford. I think Stanford could maybe go to the Big 12 if the Big 12 comes knocking for some of these Pac-12 schools, which they already are knocking on, Utah's door, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. It's a matter of if Stanford wants to be in a league with the likes of Kansas and West Virginia because the academic models and the, the campus cultures are just so objectively so much different. But I do think that Oregon State, Washington State, and Cal are going to be on the outside looking in, and it's just, it's just a numbers thing. I mean, you're talking about Washington State is in, is, is in over $100 million worth of debt because of the deficit they've operated at as an athletic department, namely for football, over the last handful of years. So this actually could be a benefit to Washington State because they have been paying to play and not being able to keep up. So maybe if they get in a conference with members that aren't outspending them so much and out-revenue generating them so much, maybe that's good for Washington State. I don't know. But here is just off the top of my head what I think could be a it's not going to be as good as the Pac-12 is now, but the Pac-12 right now isn't any good. So you might as well let Washington and Oregon go play with the, the schools that are comparable to them in the money game. So here's where we're at with what I think could be... I'm not going to call it the Pac-12. What I think is going to be the top level of football conference in the West. Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. Those four Pac-12 schools. And then I think you'll see a push for San Diego State, which, by the way, is operating at the highest football budget in the Mountain West. San Diego State's budget for football this last year was $11.7 million. Hawaii was at 10.5, Colorado State 8.9, Boise State 8.5, New Mexico 8.1, Fresno 7.2, Wyoming 7.2, UNLV 6.9, Nevada 5.4. So to put that in perspective, the Cats and the Grizz operate at about half of the lowest level of the Mountain West in terms of their football budget. They're also generating uh, about half the money in terms of revenue and stuff like that, but they're also not getting the big money game payouts like the FBS schools are when they play Power Fives, and they're also not getting the TV money that the Mountain West schools are getting. But I do think that the schools that are probably the most ready to go to a different landscape, and again, the, the, if the Pac-12 dissolves, or as we know it dissolves and it has to be remade, the media rights and the amount of money that the schools are getting kicked back from the TV deals is going to be significantly less. The Pac-12 is already... The Pac-12 schools are getting about half as much as the SEC and the Big Ten schools are from TV in terms of their guaranteed SEC or Big Ten network. Those payouts were, for the Big Ten, I think around in the high 30s to low 40 millions for each school. And the SEC, 45 million was what everybody's getting. The Pac-12 is getting like 20 per football-playing institution. With UCLA, USC, all those schools gone, Washington and Seattle gone, the payout's going to be a lot less. But that's going to also let the Mountain West schools compete better if they're in the same competition level, if they're in the same conference. So I think that the, the next conference in the, in the West could be Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, and then San Diego State, Colorado State, and maybe Boise State. Boise State's, Boise State's a great litmus test because if you're listening to this, you're probably sitting there thinking, Coulter, Boise State has had way more football success in the last 20 years than Colorado State and San Diego State. They've also had two fundamental and systematic advantages. One, no one could have predicted the explosion of the Treasure Valley and the explosion of population in Boise. That also coincided with them having a couple of the most iconic mid-major football moments of the modern era. That also coincided with Boise State having an exclusive TV deal that the Mountain West let them have. As soon as the Mountain West told them, told Boise State that they couldn't have their own TV deal outside of the scope of the Mountain West, 
Boise State started looking for a new home. That's when we started started hearing about Boise State to the Big 12 or Boise State somewhere in the world. Now, Boise State with the with the fourth highest operating budget for football in the Mountain West, that comes with a couple caveats. One, San Diego State has the highest football budget because they're investing in football, but also because it's way more expensive to go to school there. So the tuition that they're giving their football athletes is more significant, and that helps raise the amount of money you need to spend on football. Uh, the other thing is Boise State probably has the most rapid ability to scale just because Boise itself as a city continues to grow, and they do have that sort of Cinderella-like feel that still resonates from that Fiesta Bowl win in 2006, even though that was now 16 years ago. But I do think that Boise State also has the ability to not be in the mix for a variety of reasons. What happens if the success stops? Or you know, wh- where does the rest of sports for Boise State fit in? I do think that San Diego State and Colorado State could join a different league or align with other West Coast schools more effectively outside of their football program. Who else would be in the mix to fill out that league, though? I think Fresno State would be at least in the conversation. Fresno State, I, I did so much reading about this, I learned a lot about higher academic, uh, higher uh, institu- institutions of higher learning, I should say. Fresno State has way better academics than I thought. They're also, uh, they have a... Uh, a huge population base right there. And they do have some entrenched tradition, even if it hasn't been as good lately. They do have some good tradition, especially dating back to the Jim Sweeney days. Jim Sweeney, uh, Butte's finest from Butte, America, was one of the great mid-major college football coaches in the country and, and a godfather of mid-major college football, certainly. So Fresno State might be there. UNLV might be there. I know UNLV football has been terrible, but you have to think of the market. How are these teams trying to align? They're trying to align for, again, this is the hardest thing to explain to people that live in Montana. The Grizz basically sell out every single football game, and they basically have for almost 30 years. They have a better home atmosphere, a better game day atmosphere than most schools I've been to in the West. And that's a testament to so many people listening to this show. Montana State has done a tremendous job of improving their game day atmosphere. Bobcat Stadium is a rocking place on Saturdays now, too, and they have a passionate fan base, and they sell out pretty much every Saturday now as well. So people say, well, how is UNLV even close to in the mix and Montana's not? It's because of the media market. UNLV could literally make $0 in ticket sales And they're still going to make more money than Grizz football does because of the payout from the Mountain West Network. You take that to the Power 5 level, and it's extrapolated times 20. I mean, you're talking talking the schools in the SEC are literally making 12 times as much money to simply play on TV against anybody than Montana's making at the gate to sell out a 26,500-person stadium. So... Why would a league want to go after a UNLV over a Montana or a Montana State or even a North Dakota State or even a Nevada? TV money. The market is way bigger. Vegas is a mil, uh, several million people. Montana's not even a, more than a, just a little bit more than a million people. So it's all about the media. So I, I think that that's kind of your your schools there. And then I think that your next conference, the second-tiered conference, could be a fun one and maybe one that's an elevated opportunity for Montana, Montana State. I think the conference could include Utah State, Hawaii, Wyoming, Nevada, Air Force, New Mexico. So that's kind of like the bottom spenders in the Mountain West, the, the, the non-top-tier spenders in the Mountain West. And then Montana, Montana State, Weber State. Why Weber State? Again, media market. Ogden is twice the size of Bozeman and Missoula, but Salt Lake City is a legitimate city in the United States of America, whereas on a national scale, Missoula and Bozeman are small towns still. So the media writes. Idaho. How could Idaho get there? You say, well, Moscow is only a 15,000-person town. That's true. But Idaho actually has a, a pretty substantial fan base. I don't know. I think that Idaho would be there. And I think UC Davis and Sac State are also intriguing, specifically Davis. I actually think that Davis, 
of all the Big Sky Conference schools that could quote-unquote move up, I think Davis is the one that has the best opportunity to do that. Why? You know, you're probably yelling at your radio right now, saying, Coulter, what are you talking about? UC Davis has been to the, the FCS playoffs twice in their history, and it was just in the last couple of years. UC Davis was Division II less than 20 years ago. UC Davis was playing in the Great West Conference before joining the Big Sky 10 years ago. But UC Davis has 45,000-plus students. UC Davis has an endowment of over a billion dollars. UC Davis has entrenched tradition dating back to the Jim Sochar days where they were dominating the Division II ranks. But you talk about revenue generation. UC Davis does not have to sell tickets or win football games to make money on football because they have a gigantic student body that will pay a student athletic fee Half of them that don't even care that it's going to football, they don't even care about football, but they're making millions of dollars off their student athletic fees. That's not happening in Montana, Montana State. So that's another fundamental difference. And I also think if you were to market to the UC Davis alumni base, because UC Davis is such a premier and prestigious academic institution, you could sell them on a dream of trying to go out-compete Cal in football. There's no parallel like that for the Montana schools or the Dakota schools. So I actually think that UC Davis could be a school that's primed to, quote-unquote, move up. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls located there on Brook Street on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street. They have 18 big screen TVs, 30 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a great place to gather with both family and friends. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. So what are some of the pros and cons of moving up? All right, so the other thing that Montana, Montana State is going to have such a hard time with is who's going to recruit them to be in the league. Because, again, I'm going to keep harping back to this. Media markets matter when it comes to these sort of decisions. We don't like it. We don't want to live in big media markets. That's why we live in Montana. But that's going to be the definitive and defining factor for the future of college football. Who wants the Montana media markets? I mean, right now, the Montana schools are probably making 100 grand each off of TV rights. That's nothing negligible compared to the $4 million the Mountain West schools are getting. The Mountain West make more money, the Mountain West schools right now make more money on t- television rights than Montana and Montana State make in ticket revenue generation, period. I think that the number is a little bit over $3 million for the Grizz, for example, for how much money they make off of ticket revenue. You're making more money to play on TV even if you lose every single freaking game if you're in the Mountain West. So the TV draw is going to be hard for Montana and Montana State to be a coveted member of a new conference. But if they did get into a new conference with some regional uh, rivalries and some regional connections, then you're talking about an expanded TV reach And that could be interesting for the two schools, especially from a recruiting standpoint and from a marketing standpoint outside of the football walls. You're also going to have improved opponents. I think that people would be more inclined to go watch Utah State, Hawaii, Wyoming, and Nevada than they are to watch Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, and Idaho State. Just is what it is, point blank. I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think that the schools and opponents that the Grizz and Cats could play would be significantly different. I also think that one of the keys moving forward for Division I athletics in the state of Montana is going to be capitalizing on all the new people that live in our communities that have no ties to either university. How do you make Grizz or Bobcat football cool to someone that moved to Montana from the Bay Area that you know has gone to Stanford games or gone to Cal games? How do you get them to go to your game instead of sitting at home and watching the Pac-12 network or whatever the new future of West Coast football becomes? It's easier to capitalize on those new Montana transplants if you're playing more reputable schools. You're going to get this more man-off-the-street ticket sales, I think. The other pros for the Grizz and the Cats, if they were to join a different conference and quote-unquote move up, you're going to get new TV revenue, which is going to help a lot. You won't strictly rely on those ticket sales. You're also going to have the ability outside of football to probably play in a basketball league that has a better chance in the NCAA tournament, and then you have those that NCAA payouts that come with it. You also have an opportunity to play in bowl games that come with money. You also have an opportunity to play bigger money games when you play against the Power Five. 
So those are all the pros. What are some of the cons? We'll get through these quick because we got to get out our senior spotlight featuring Carson DeRozier. He's a wrestler from Helena Capital who uh, is headed to the Citadel. He'll join us here in just a few minutes. But the cons, which we'll revisit here to end up the show and probably trickle into tomorrow as well. Some of the cons, you're going to move some of your, you're going to lose, excuse me, some of your, your favorite rivalries because you know who's not going to be in the mix in all this conference reallocation? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll have to eat crow for this. But Eastern Washington is not going to be in this mix. But the Grizz and the Cats love playing Eastern Washington. So that would likely go away or at least have to be some sort of a non-conference effort to keep that going. It's also going to cost way more initially. You know, let's say you move up to the FBS scholarship limit. Now you got to raise money for 22 more scholarships. You also got to make the TV money work for you, and you also have to make sure you're getting an adequate amount of TV revenue when you are in some of the smallest markets in whatever league you end up lose, uh, ending, ending up in. And then there's also going to be the challenge of not being a, a big fish in a small pond, but instead being a small fish in a big pond. Will the Cats and the Grizz be able to compete? I personally think with the facilities, the fan bases, and the towns they have to recruit to, you put an FBS stamp on it, you put FBS money behind it, and I think they're going to be more competitive than people think. I don't think they're going to just be getting destroyed Idaho style. I think that they would compete more quickly than people want to believe. I think like with the Grizz with the Champion Center in Washington Grizzly Stadium, if they had a new moniker, they had an FBS moniker, why can't they recruit on a regional level with some of the, the bigger powers in the region? I'm not sure. Why couldn't they go beat Oregon State for a kid? You know, Why, why couldn't they go beat Nevada or Colorado State for a kid? They already are beating Colorado State and Nevada for kids right now. Why not more? I'm not sure. But then the inevitable and ultimate con is if you move up into a division that's more like an FBS-style division, you're almost certainly eliminating your ability to win a national championship. How much does that impact the interest in the football teams in the state of Montana? That's a real, real question mark. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of pros that outweigh a lot of the cons. We'll see. We'll continue to hash this out. But first, take a break because coming up next, Senior Spotlight, Carson DeRozier. He's a Helena Capital standout football player and namely a wrestler who's headed to the Citadel. Our Senior Spotlight series continues. Keep it right here. It's New Honors Now, ESPN Radio. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back. It's New Honors Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can check out that inventory online at N W msrocks.com that's nwmsrocks.com if you've been following along all summer we are in the midst of a supersized senior spotlight usually we pick 10 or 12 outstanding high school seniors from across the state of montana to feature with summer interviews recapping their high school careers but there's been so many great athletes as of late and there's always been great athletes in montana but i just decided we're going to highlight as many as we can so we've done a lot, probably 15 to 20 already. You can find all the Senior Spotlight interviews on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. And now our Senior Spotlight, presented by McElmurray Holmes, continues with a young man who's the all-time winningest wrestler at the history of Helena Capital High School. Carson DeRozier joins us here on Nuanas Now. Now, Carson, I first I got to ask you two questions. First of all, am I saying your last name correctly? Uh, yes, DeRozier. Gotta love it. Okay, and then my question number two is, did you survive the weekend? Because I saw videos of Helena, and it looks like you guys are about to float away. So how hard was it raining there in the capital city? Um, Pretty good. I was actually on the Missouri floating. Oh, so um, you, you avoided the flood. That's like good. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad everybody there uh, is safe. What a crazy summer it's been with uh, how much rain there's been Carson played football at Helena Capital as well as was an outstanding wrestler mounted his winning streak up over 50 batches and ended up as the uh, all-time winningest wrestler in Helena Capital history and also very interesting now is headed 
to wrestle at the Citadel, which is across the country in Charleston, South Carolina. So before we get to the future, Carson, let's talk about the past. First and foremost, how do you think the football element of your high school sporting career helped you in wrestling or did it? I mean, did you feel like there's some carryover there? And uh, if so, how did, how did it improve you as a wrestler? Um, I'd say, you know, footwork and intensity. Um, I worked on, I did, you know, running back and some BB drills. And so I, I definitely think that helped with my footwork a little bit. Wrestling is such an interesting pursuit as well, just because it, it does take so much toughness, both physically and mentally. And, and to be a, a four-year varsity wrestler like yourself, uh, it takes just such a tremendous amount of dedication. So what kept you in it? I mean, what kept you motivated during your high school wrestling career? Um, I would say my drive to be the best I can be and my love for the sport. For sure, and uh, it, it's certainly a uh, a great pursuit, and it will serve you, although the lessons you learn in wrestling will serve you well down the road. What about wrestling is it that you love, though? I mean, how, what is it that uh, gives you that love of the sport? Um, hard work is rewarded um, pretty directly. Um, and it's just, like, different. It suits me as a person and just, how I am, and it feeds directly into my success, and I like that. Carson DeRozier joining us here on Nuanas now, part of our Senior Spotlight series. And it, it does. It takes a certain uh, type of person. I, th- I do think if it fits your personality, that's going to give you the, the most success you possibly can have on the wrestling mat. And you had a ton of success, 129 total wins in your high school career, a win streak up over 50 matches in a row. What's your favorite memory, though, from the mat, from your high school career, from your time at Helena Capital? My favorite memory? Um, probably one that I remember the most was my freshman year after the state finals. Um, over at the Metro, I was turning the corner to head into the hallway and see it like a big crowd of my teammates just sprinting around the corner to come see me and that was I'll remember that forever the all-class wrestling meet too is such a, a great spectacle and uh one that any sports fan in Montana if you haven't ever seen it or you, you want to see it again you should go check it out in Billings it's such a fun time and and there's so many great athletes there but uh what do, you, what do you remember about that? I mean, is it nerve-wracking when, when you're in the Metro and there's just, I mean, there's thousands of people there. What's the experience like when you are wrestling in front of such big crowds and, and chasing state championships? Um, it's fun, but honestly, you're not there for the crowd. You're there for the state championships, so you just got to keep that tunnel vision and don't let it, you know, scare you or intimidate you. You just got to let it fuel you, you know, enjoy it. Senior Spotlight presented by Blaine McElmurray and McElmurray Homes. Blaine McElmurray, McElmurray Homes, your top custom home builder in western Montana. Blaine and his team going to get it right for you every time. They have the highest quality products. They're going to control costs for you, and they're going to build you a beautiful home. Blaine McElmurray, McElmurray Homes, great supporters of high school athletics around the state of Montana. Carson DeRozier, our Senior Spotlight subject. He's a graduate of Helena Capital. He's headed to the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina to wrestle. Tell us about that element of things. I have never actually, I've known about the Citadel because they play FCS football. So they, they sort of cross over in the national landscape with the Cats and the Grizz sometimes. But I've never known anybody that actually is going to pursue going there. And it's a very unique school. It's, it's a military school, but the cadets are not obligated to join the military after graduation. So just tell us about the Citadel and how it landed on your radar and uh, you know, what you think of this opportunity going across the country to South Carolina. Um, I, the Citadel first contacted me earlier in the wrestling season, and um, I really liked what they had to show, and I just kept them in mind. And I didn't want to make a you know, complete decision. I wanted to pursue um, my college decision after high school season. 
so I, you know, I kept talking to him throughout the season, but didn't want to do any visits or, you know, make any final decisions before the season was over. So um, I kept him in mind, and, you know, kept communicating with them. And then once high school season was over, I took a visit down there. Um, and I liked what they had to show. I watched a couple practices, and I really liked um you know, the the team bond and the attitude of the, the team there and, you know, the atmosphere of the room. And I like that. And, you know, school's going to be different, like you said, and the military academy, but, you know, I'm up for the challenge and I'm, I'm ready. Well, it seems like what maybe would draw you to really loving wrestling like, like you do and also this, the discipline that comes with being a cadet at a military-style academy. It seems like those things go hand-in-hand. Hand. So, I mean, do you see a parallel there? Yeah. Um, I work hard for my goals. And, you know, uh, military academy, that, that's they're going to reward you if you work. You know, I mean, that's not the only reason why I go there, but that's definitely a plus. You know, they will reward you if you put the work in and... Um, so similar to wrestling, you know, you just keep working, and the results will eventually show. There's also, I mean, Helena Capital's always had a great reputation for, for producing tough athletes. I mean, Helena Capital football has always been tough. There's always been tough wrestlers to come out of Capital, but now you're going to go join a team where it's almost a guarantee that everybody's going to be tough, both because of the wrestling and college element, but also because of the military academy element. So what do you think of the opportunity to be around like-minded people, to just be around people that, that truly love the, the discipline element and, and, you know, trying to seek those rewards of hard work paying off? I'm incredibly excited for uh, just to be around people, like you said, that are, you know, like me. We can build each other up and, you know, become great together. I'm looking forward to that. Well, it should be an awesome experience for you. I'm sure your family's very proud. But what, what are your what do your family think of, of you going some 2,300 miles away? But what, what do you think of what do you and what does your family think of, of just moving to South Carolina? <laughs> um, well, they 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 told me in this process that in the end it's my decision, and I knew that. But this definitely shows that that you know no real final say in my decision, you know, no forcing of anything because this was probably the least ideal for them. <laughs> but um, I felt like it was the best fit for me, and I went with that. Carson DeRozier joining us here on Nuanas Now, our senior spotlight. He's a recent graduate of Helena Capital High School. He's headed to the Citadel to wrestle. And, and Carson, last thing for you, then, um, what do you, what is your overall thoughts on this opportunity, and what, what does it mean to you to get this opportunity? I mean, not a lot of a lot of high school athletes have Division One goals, but to actually make them come true. I mean, what what did it feel like when you you signed that letter and you decided, I am going to give this a run. I'm I'm headed across the country. I'm going to go to the Citadel. What did that mean to you? Um, I'm incredibly thankful. Um, I'm thankful, you know. God was there through thick and thin and, you know, all the ups and the downs and the no days and it just feels <laughs> you know, like there's not much left in you and you just keep going and keep your goals in mind and even, you know, like I said, the ups and the downs, you just got to keep pushing through it and, you know, I'm proud of myself for that. Well, we're proud of you for that as well. Seems like you have a great perspective on what all of this means and how it can help you just improve as a young man, and uh, best of luck to you as you head across the country, Charleston, South Carolina, to attend the Citadel. Carson DeRozier, our latest senior spotlight interview, a Helena Capital graduate, going to wrestle at the Division One level after finishing his Helena Capital wrestling career as the all-time leader in Bruins history in overall victories. Carson, congratulations again. Thanks so much for taking some time with us, man, and the best of luck next year. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show. There you go. Another senior spotlight. Interesting, you know. It's uh, it's interesting to see sort of the the off the beaten path journeys that a lot of these young people uh, are embarking on. And congratulations to Carson and his family for the uh, awesome opportunity. A two-time state champion, he plans to study physical education at the Citadel, which is a, again a one-of-a-kind school, a military school. But cadets are not obligated to join the military after graduation. Should be a great pursuit for Carson DeRozier and his family.
What's going on the rest of the week? We'll get you all set up. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. It would be so cool to be known as just unquestionably the greatest in the world at something, anything. Andrew Bird coming back for you on your Wednesday. And if you know, you know, but Andrew Bird around uh, music and arts and entertainment circles is widely considered the greatest whistler in the world. He whistles many of his uh, melodies within his songs. He's also just a, a cool and great songwriter. So, you know, we're always trying to bring it for you. Give you some new stuff. Eclectic playlist here today on Nuanas Now. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Wednesday. Good to be back in the chair. Took uh, three shows off, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. And uh, now we're here, back on a Wednesday. So we're going to have a jam-packed week because we're going to get you most, if not all, of the content from Monday and Tuesday here on the show. We'll also have a short week next week as well. Monday through Wednesday we'll be on the air. And then no uh, Nuana is now Thursday, Friday. I am playing in the annual uh, Missoula Country Club member guest tournament. So appreciate uh, a good friend and and uh, great supporter of us here at Nuanas Now, Nick Tabor, for invo- inviting me one more time. And I uh, promise, buddy, I'm going to go low. <laughs> but we won't be on the air Thursday or Friday, so uh, looking forward to that. But we will be on the air tomorrow, Thursday, and the next day, Friday. And got some fun stuff coming up for you. We'll have our Treasure State Stars, which is usually a Tuesday thing. Um Tomorrow, about 4.30, we also are going to rehash some of the great talking points that we've had over the last uh, little while, particularly ones that we touched on while Andrew was gone. So I want to get uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer's thoughts on some of them. And we're going to have Rajim Seabrook in studio on Friday so that to make the most of our time with our main man, Rajim, we are going to have our good friend Carolyn, the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, on the air tomorrow. So that will also be uh, a fun one. And uh, also efforting, but it shouldn't be too hard because we know where he's at. He's at the ballpark, as he always is. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, is going to join us uh, live from Kalispell tomorrow as well. He doesn't know that yet. (laughs) What if he's listening to the show? Maybe this is his memo. But either way, uh, we know where Jeff's going to be, so we'll, uh, we'll get him on. But guess what, man? Paddleheads... Are ripping it up. I was actually very curious to see how the Paddleheads did in year two. Year one of the new moniker and the new independent league format, the uh, the Paddleheads ripped it up. They won the first and second halves of the Pioneer League, and then they won the overall championship series in the postseason. But it's hard to outdo that, to live up to that, to, to continue to roll like that. And they got off to a tough start. They did not have a good start to the season. But now they're smoking hot, red hot. They've won four in a row. They won 13 out of their last 14. They had an eight-game winning streak that then ended on fireworks night on Friday. And then they lost one more. But then they have uh, ripped off four in a row, and uh, they'll have a game tonight and tomorrow as well. So we'll catch up with Jeff leading up to the upcoming homestand this weekend and to talk all things Paddleheads baseball, we will also have a continued conversation all about this reorganization, realignment, all of it when it comes to college football. It's happening in the Power Five, but it's going to affect everybody. It's going to have a trickle-down effect on the Pac-12, and then the Mountain West, and then the Big Sky, and then the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, and then the Lone Star Conference, and all the other Division II leagues. This is going to affect everything, especially in the West. We've seen so many of these schools in the South be able to just have short stints in the FCS and then move up to the FBS like Coastal Carolina, or long stints in the FCS like App State and then move up and have success in the FBS as well. So much of that is location. And so I just, I'm so curious to continue to hash this out. So I hope you don't get tired of it. I think it is, I think it's one of the biggest stories in, in, in my lifetime in sports because it involves the rich getting richer, 
the monetization, the further monetization of college football, and so many other factors. The redefining of what makes a conference, what does that mean to people? Money, money, money. What should football be all about? TV, business, scholarships, all of it. We will continue to hash it out over the next couple days. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. In the meantime, have a wonderful evening. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.